0: Hey, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers.
1: Coming to you live from... No. (laughs) (laughs) Coming
0: to you live from this sweaty wigwam.
1: (laughs) So we're shooting the flames
0: right now in July. That's right. The hot month of July. Yep. Mm -hmm. Here in Texas, we've had a whole... Cajillion day series of triple digit weather, and mm-hmm. it's really starting to make me thinner, and I'm okay about that. Oh, really? Well, I wish that was the case for me. Actually, no, it's not. I just drink more beer outside than oh. I would before, so yeah. it makes me fatter. Sweatier and fatter.
1: Well, speaking of hot, hot off the presses is the Texas Republican platform. God, do I even really want to fucking know? I, you know, I don't <laughs> think any of us want to know. No. But we do have a voicemail from Bennett talking about it. Okay, let's hear it.
2: Hello, tired queens. This is Bennett calling. I know it's been a while since I've done a voicemail. It's been super busy lately. It's a uh, summer is my. I work at a beach resort there, so I should tell you that summer is my busy time. So I don't get a lot of. I don't get a lot of downtime there. But anyway, I know you guys don't talk politics that much. Too much on this series, but you know, um, but after a well, show, uh, podcast, should I say? But um, boy, after last week, it's kind of hard not to there. But I was going to call earlier to to ask about uh, news I would heard about the um, Texas GOP and their whole weird party platform thing they came up with last week, because that was like, I thought that was going to be the weirdest or the craziest thing to come out of the news last week, but, but now the Supreme Court has had to come in and say, no, we're going to steal the thunder and ruin everybody's lives, especially one gender in particular there. But anyway, uh, I remember hearing about the Texas GOP coming together to have a convention or something, and deciding, like, oh, that Biden didn't win the election. I was kind of like, okay, what's new? And then I heard him say something about, you know, gays being an abnormal lifestyle or something, and I'm kind of like, okay, again, what's new? And then, But then hearing that there something about the idea of seceding from the nation for the state, and I was kind of like, um, what the fuck? So I wanted, wanted to get you, hear what you guys have heard about that since you're, since you're down there, and uh, I don't know all the details. I just wanted to hear from some natives down there. So, anyway... Uh,
1: talk to you later. <laughs> Down here in the seventh layer of hell at the hell mouth.
0: That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> My God. You never know what the next day is going to bring.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, generally the Texas Republican platform, when they, whenever they release it, uh, generally, you know, pre- preceding various elections, you know, they convene or whatever. And, you know, it's generally seen as a joke, you know, but of course, less so this time, since there seems to be a kind of a, a national kind of Christo fascism movement, particularly against women and gays. And so, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there, uh, and I've read all through it, uh, that is, you know, gays or any kind of homosexual, Uh, is a choice and a lifestyle and is abnormal, and they want to abolish the ability for them not only to get married, but for them to say that they are domestic partners as well as the ability to adopt children. And, of course, there's always stuff about secession as far as I know, but they explicitly point out their, their right to secession, which, of course, would just end in a pointless war. Or the removal of the Texas government by the national uh, military or something, you know, who, who can say the weather's changing so fast politically in this country, you know, uh, especially with the Supreme Court stuff, obviously, not only just like the, the gun stuff and the, the, you know, the lack of, well, I was going to say separation or lack of, of church and state. But now, of course, with the uh, repealing of Roe v. Wade. Which is just kind of devastating. Now, it's obviously not making any kind of abortion illegal, but it does not prevent the states from doing so. Right? right. So it leaves it up to the states.
0: Yeah, and I'm at least happy that you know women have you know places to go to to you know receive the kind of care that they need. Right. It's it's their, it's their choice. It's their body, obviously, and the government has no business in anyone's lives in that particular way. However, when you think about them getting prosecuted when they get back to certain states and and things like that. It's just truly, truly frightening. And I read read last Friday at the time of this recording, like after their ruling on that Clarence Thomas's agreement, like sort of lining out the next things that they should be looking at, like contraceptives and gay marriage. And it's just, I don't know.
1: For Clarence Thomas did that of all people, certainly because of his wife's involvement, mm. you know, with, uh, you know, the attempted coup and, and everything else and the big lie. And, and it, you know, it's kind of making me sick, like the whole thing. Um, I was kind of against expanding the, the court and kind of just kind of trying to do things kind of naturally, because as soon as you start adding or removing people, you know, Republicans can do the same thing, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So... I'm on the, I'm kind of on the fence with that, but something's got to be done because this feels like generally I see a slippery slope
0: as kind of a fallacy argument, but in this case, it really feels like a slippery slope. It does. And I, I don't know. I, I, Chris and I were talking about this off mic last night and I mean, even before gay marriage was legal in the United States, like I used to say, like we would never see it in our lifetime. And so I was, you know happy that you know progress was being made so much faster than i had anticipated in my entire gay life but it seems like you know the more progress you make the more people have their sights set on you in some way they're going to look back at this time in history as an incredibly
1: huge upheaval and tumultuous political landscape it is um you know i would say just as much or even more than say like in the 60s or 70s you know and uh I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side, but I feel like the arc of history generally goes progressive, but, you know, things can progress, you know, obviously things like the dark ages happen or world wars happen or civil wars happen and, and things like that. And I don't know what we'll have to do to get on the other side of this. But you know right now, the voices on the of the fringe are the loudest on both sides. And the culture seems to be um, you know, a huge shift in, in how we view reality itself, you know, and when we're all in this. You know, apparatus of our own worldviews, where we're only getting what we want based on social media and search results and things like that, because that's how the algorithms are made. Yep. You know, and so it's going to be very, very hard for any of us to to kind of meet in the middle. And so, I, I don't know what's going to come of that. There's definitely repercussions, and we're we're living
0: through them. But I try to stay as positive as possible about things, even when news gets really, really bad. I mean, it's just in my general nature. And I always like to think about things being brighter on the other side, but for the last three years or so, like, it's just really, really bad. And it's, it's difficult to remain positive when there's so much like negativity and like badness out there. So yeah, not just positivity, but cynicism, like it's really,
1: really hard for me to not be cynical, especially watching all of these, uh, January 6th committee and hearings and, and things like that. And I'm just like, nothing's going to happen. These people have too much money and power, you know, to actually face any repercussions because that's how our fucking country works, you know,
0: and I hate it. Well, and in the long term, I mean, like, it, I feel like our constitution is constantly being bombarded. And like, I I just it's, it, it's hard to not be cynical, like you said, and it's hard to be positive when you feel like the entire constitution or things that your country are based on is like going down the toilet like every day. I feel like
1: everything, if not maybe not everything but a lot of this depends on what's ha- what's going to happen when you know in these midterms yes as well as specifically the 2024 elections because a lot of apparatus is moving into place to get the votes you want and only count the ones you want you know all these pe- people in power that believe in the big lie and And things like that are are getting into place from these elections, which is just mind boggling to me. But this is the the landscape that, you know, the precedent of Trump has started, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I don't know. Um, I saw a post today that was like, hey, good Americans, whatever you wished good Germans were doing in 1933, you should start doing that now. Oof. Yeah, and the kind of thing is dramatic, you know. But it, it's also kind of scary and eye opening. I'm like, well, what do I need to do? Just go to fucking Canada? Like, no. <laughs> do I need to be a boy from Brazil? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like boys in Brazil. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I it's just a lot. And Bennett. Just so you know, like down here in Texas, things it seems bad. You know what I mean? But there are still a lot of good people down here who have good intentions. Well, and- yeah. And you can look at our elections. You know? Right. We're getting more and more purple. Right? Exactly. Like it's,
1: it was like 20%, you know, difference. And now like the last election, it was like what? Like 10, 9, 8 something percent difference between you know, uh, progressive versus conservative winning elections across the state. And so we're getting more and more purple with every cycle. So it's not all bad. This is just the, the Texas Republican platform, which I said is usually a joke. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, uh, they would need a lot of unanimous kind of – power, you know, the state representatives state senates and things like that in order to to do all of this. Well, I mean, there's
0: know? states can't secede anymore. I mean, they would totally have to change that fucking amendment. But
1: a lot of our, our progressivism in Texas is based on the national progressivism, it's you true. know, brought about by mm-hmm. like the Supreme Court. And without that, you know, as kind of a foundational backup, like a lot of this stuff is kind of within sight. And that's scary. Like if if they tell me I cannot get married, and I cannot have children. I'm not going to stay here. And they would love that. They would love for... Texas to have no gays, you oh, know, yeah. from
0: this... I would stay and flaunt it right in their face. It's okay. I I'm, do
1: think... I don't know if this is actually true, but I, I I did hear and read that the Log Cabin Republicans, for the first time, were barred from being a part of this. I don't doubt it. And they were not able to enter the room. So, And look, for those of you who don't know, the Log Cabin Republicans are generally,
0: you know, the gay Republicans, right? Yes. And so... I mean, it took them a long time to even get to be invited to national committees, or, you know, so... I don't know. That's I'm not surprised, but that's saying something about the Texas GOP stance. Yeah. It's all ridiculous. And it's exhausting. So we should move on to horror. Actual yes, horror. Let's do that. I mean, that's enough Fate horror. horror. <laughs> Chris, we have two reviews this month. Oh, my God. I know. An embarrassment of riches. The first one comes from one of our favorite and longest listeners, Nikki. And she titled it, My Favorite Podcast, Hands Down. She said, I decided to briefly come to the dark side i.e. join itunes just long enough to provide a review i love podcasts and this is by far my favorite podcast honest reviews interesting trailers and horror news and insightful deep dives all of which keep the content fresh and keep me coming back a good friend recommended i start listening when i asked her for recommendations for horror and i can't thank her enough shout out to ashley hey ashley they take suggestions and give their listeners a voice by reading comments, reviews, and tweets, which makes their audience feel like they are part of the discussion in a real way. Clearly, I'm a fan of Robert and Chris, and always will be. Aww. Aww, thank you, Nikki. So glad you came to the dark side for a minute. So, we really appreciate that, for sure. We really do. A
1: uh, next review is from uh, our new patron, Melissa. And she said, truly adore. And she said, I love this podcast so much, so much so that I recently became a patron. The flow of the show makes it really easy and enjoyable to listen. The Hellraiser and Carrie episodes are by far my favorite so far. Keep up the amazing work.
0: Oh, thank you, Melissa. And thank you for joining us over on Patreon, too. I'd love to know what makes it her favorite, you know? Yes.
1: Tell us. Is it because those are some of your favorite movies or is it because, like, I know our carry episode is pretty funny? Yeah. I really love our carry episode. It's one of my favorites, too. Uh, uh, Hellraiser, I don't really remember. <laughs> Probably because we were doing Pinhead's voice so much.
0: <laughs> it was a good episode, too. I mean, I could see how people would pick those as their favorites. But yeah, Melissa, reach out to us. Let us know why those two are your favorites. We would like to talk about that. Yeah. We got some comments, too. We got a comment from Bennett about our episode on Showgirls. Chris, why don't you go ahead and read that one? Sure.
1: So he said, I have been eager Awaiting this episode since it's my favorite guilty pleasure. However, describing it as, quote, an erotic drama is a real fucking stretch. Even more of a stretch than a nomi
0: lap dance, and that's saying something. <laughs> Honestly, Bennett, I mean, like, I commented back to this and said, "Well, that's what Wikipedia called it," so we kind of just went with it. But I'd like to know what genre you would put it in. Actually, a lot of times I correct the genre from from
1: Wikipedia uh, you know, for our show notes and and from what we we actually say in mm-hmm. our in our episodes. In this case, I didn't really disagree mm-hmm. um, because that's what it's trying to be. You know, you could you could easily add like um, you know, erotic dramedy but it's unintentional. You know what I mean?
0: So I'm on the fence, whatever the semantics. Yeah, I know it's clearly erotic though. No matter what it is, you have to throw that, that, uh, adjective in there before you pick the genre for sure. It was certainly dramatic. It was certainly dramatic, overly, too. Yeah. Uh, We got a comment from Erica from the Unsung Horrors podcast over on Instagram. And she says, the documentary You Don't Know Me prompted me to revisit this last year and completely changed my view of it just being glorious trash. Verhoeven is a master. (laughs) He certainly is a master. I agree. And we have more Verhoeven coming up next month. So if you love him, definitely stay tuned
1: from our episode into basic instinct Bennett over on Patreon said I have been eagerly awaiting to hear you guys take on one of my favorite erotic thrillers it gets me hot and bothered like no other movie in existence the sequel if you're interested is predictably a train wreck but not without its hysterically memorable moments in short the first is a sexy classic and the sequel is alternately howling and dull distraction I I feel like you have something different to say I (laughs) do I went with like literally bottom level uh uh, expectations because the trailer is a train wreck. Like, mm-hmm. I watched it and just like, it looked like 90s trash, even though it came out in the 2000s. Right. It's, it, yeah, it's pretty horrible. It looks like the trailer for Hackers or something. It's just bad. Oh, Jesus. It's very dramatic. But I thought it was a perfect sequel to Basic Instinct. You know, it's a little bit more trashy. It's a little bit more dramatic, um, you know, but I think it tells... It's a great continuation of that character, you know, and in, in some ways better than like the continuation of Hannibal's character in Red Dragon or, or, or other things, you know, and I think it's just like another, you know, moment in time when she's just being her and she has a plan and that should scare everyone, you know, and uh, it, I thought it was exceptionally well done. And uh, like I said, I went in with like, you know, floor level expectations and, and maybe that's part of it, you know, but I... I really liked it and I would watch it again and I would recommend it
0: based on it's not
1: a classic, like basic instinct, right? The no, it can't life. be.
0: No, but it's good. In my opinion, I right. was so surprised when you messaged me after watching it and saying that it was, you know, a good movie, right? That you enjoyed it. And I like, based on your review on letterboxd and your rating, I was just like, okay, I really need to watch this now after saying I would probably never, ever watch it. Right. So I'm kind of interested to see where I fall, like in the Bennett camp or yours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I don't well, want to give anyone any spoilers, right? But it continues that, you know, you're almost rooting for this character because they're so competent, mm-hmm. right? And they have plans, you know, to know what they are. And you really, you're kind of rooting for this person in a way, you know? And I, and I love that aspect of Silence of the Lambs as well. Exactly. Um, and it, it, it brings more of that. It really does, you know? Um, and it pits her against someone that's in her, her own field, really psychology,
0: right? And so the stakes are a little higher as well. Yeah, I'm super ready to watch it. It's jumped to the very top of my watch list. So, guys, stay tuned. I'm sure that we'll be talking about the sequel again. Although, I'm really happy that Basic Instinct gets you hot and bothered Bennett. that's uh, That's high praise for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, from our Hot Takes episode, where we discussed all the movies that we watched at the Overlook Film Festival, the Unknown Patron over on Patreon said, Phil Tippett famously did the monster chess in Star Wars A New Hope.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like the stop motion chess board where Chewbacca is playing against, I guess Luke or something. Oh, yeah. And he and he's trying to he almost wins and Chewbacca's gonna break his arm or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a famous scene that everyone just thought was amazing when it first came out in
0: 1977. And i had forgotten that Phil Tippett had done that. I did. I had no idea. I mean, we've we have since watched Mad God again. We showed our husbands this movie, and I. Enjoyed it a lot more on the second watch. So, yeah, because you, you know what to expect, and mm-hmm. so you're just kind of in it. So, I whole, hope you know, I hope that everybody listening is heading over to Shutter to watch that movie because it's excellent.
1: Mm-hmm. From our shooting the
0: flames in June,
1: Nikki gave us a voicemail
2: Bonjour, Chris et Robert. C'est Nikki. Je suis de retour. Je t'appelle pour que tu entendais mon français. C'est mauvais, mais j'attends encore. Whew. Clearly I'm learning French, but I wanted to leave y'all this message. Since you called me out, I'm really trying. Can't wait to get back on it with you. Bye.
0: Did you recognize any of that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of it. It's kind of uh, it's kind of into the phone kind of talk. But hey, très bien, Niki, très bien. It sounds really, really good.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the fault is mostly just due the, to the phone connection. Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, you have a good accent, so keep working on it. And if you want to talk, you know what? Just, I don't know, send me some sort of voice message on Twitter.
1: Well, she already has actually sent us a follow-up email and said, "Uh, Since y'all shouted me out, I left a voicemail in French. It was so bad. I'm still learning, so forgive the bad accent. I need someone to speak French with to help correct my accent for sure. Any suggestions? Anyway, Jensen Ackles. Ack! Ack! I will die to see him on the boys, and you should consider a series of '80s kids horror gateway movies: Labyrinth, Legend, Willow, The Dark Crystal. Love them all. Maybe throw in Secret of Nim. Thanks, Nikki. Well, of course, I'm watching the boys, and you're going to pick it up yes. sooner rather than later. But you know, uh, I just I'm right up to the to the next you know episode. Uh, by the time this comes out, um, uh, the last episode of the boys, the season will not have premiered, but. You know, I'm updated and I'm seeing Herogasm and all the other things that are happening. And Jensen Ackles is great in
0: it. He's great. He's fucking beautiful. I mean, I haven't seen any of this season yet. Obviously, I still need to watch season two. But I have heard so much about what happens in this season already. It's almost kind of escapable in a way that the first two seasons were not on social media. A lot of people are talking about it. And I think they've kind of up their game a little
1: bit. Yeah, The Boys has like gained more and
0: more like exponentially following, right? So I am super, super excited. In and, fact, it's yeah. probably higher up on my watch list than Stranger Things was. And I had put that up really high lately. So
1: they're, they're doing a lot of interesting things to kind of get themselves out of backing into a corner, you know, with some of the story elements. And Jensen Ackles is part of that and his character. And, um, you know, the one thing I don't want to see this, this show become is kind of a parody of itself because yeah. it's starting to become like water cooler moment, the show, Yep. you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that it takes a little bit more of a breather around that rather than like constructing a story around like huge, you know, talk about t- talk, talk TV moments, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not there yet and I, it may not get there and hopefully not but I mean I'm it seems the like it. they're going for shocking moments for sure yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to visit, uh, Herogasm to me wasn't that big of a deal as much as like
0: the episode one <laughs> stuff that happened oh, the human
1: sounding or whatever sounding whatever
0: yeah I know when that first episode was released and I I, I try to stay away from spoilers if I can but like the headlines, I was like, okay, let me just read and see what this is about. And my jaw was like on the floor. I was like, oh, I'm watching this <laughs> like, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, Meanwhile, we've been talking for like years about doing an 80s, you know, or not even just 80s, but gateway horror movies, like top 10. Mm hmm. And so we've been planning that and we've it's been, a, it's been a moment since we've done a top 10. So that might be next, along with possibly our top 10 movies to watch under the influence. Mad God might be on there. Oh, for sure. And uh, also our uh, best horror real estate. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But some of those top 10s are coming up. For sure. And I feel like some of the movies that you've listed, we would totally deep dive into at some point. Oh, yeah. we so. mentioned Labyrinth and Legend and Dark Crystal. And Definitely.
1: We've even done a Patreon episode on Dark Crystal, I think. Uh, the series... Or we um, talked about we it. We talked about the movie, I thought. And maybe a, a little hot takes on the area. I don't know.
0: It's, it's been a long time.
1: Look yeah, at our catalog. It's there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In some way. Look for us, because we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we talked <laughs> about. We've we forgotten. We forgot last week. Uh, on our episode from Exorcist 2, The Heretic, this is a blast from the past, Bennett over on Patreon said, I listen to this episode again now and then because it's one of the funniest on this podcast. I still haven't gotten around to watching Exorcist 2 for myself yet, mostly because I don't want to waste money renting it online but also because of that excruciating trailer music. If you don't know what I mean, it's all the Please tell me that's only in the trailer because I was at work today and couldn't get it out of my fucking head. I was shocked when you mentioned in another episode that the late, great Ennio Morricone scored this film. Hopefully, the rest of the score was an improvement because goddamn, that one piece can make you want to slit your fucking wrists
1: it's gold and it was all in the trailer and it was all throughout the movie and i responded to this and i told him no it was the actual fucking soundtrack <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then his response was, "Mother of fucking Christ! Hopefully Coney didn't die listening to that piece of shit. It could
0: kill anybody." <laughs> uh, you know what? Speaking about like past funny episodes, or favorite episodes. That is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Oh god, that soundtrack! Don 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 <laughs> don 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 don.
1: Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah! yeah.
0: <laughs> I loved recording that episode. I love going back to listening listening to it again. It's really fucking funny because that movie. Is enjoyable trash. So, Bennett, do yourself a favor, go watch it. You're gonna look, can laugh your ass off, not slit your wrist. Mm. Speaking of, yeah, yeah, yes, we have a new patron. Oh my God, we do. And her name is Melissa. That's right. She just left us a review that we read and joined the Patreon family. So, welcome, Melissa. We really appreciate that. But we also need to shout out our patrons who are at the Film Flamer tier or higher. And that is Ben. Kimberly, Kyle, Lisa, Penelope, and Wallstrich. But especially all of them. Oh, I know. I'm feeling nice in July. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you feel nice in August? I should feel nice all the time, but hey, yeah, I'd we are coming alive. up
1: on that fourth uh, anniversary of the film
0: flamers. Next month. Next month is our fourth anniversary. Good God. I know, it's hard to believe. Jeez. It's been a long time. We were only freshmen. Stomping baby's breath. (laughs) A shoe full of rice now. (laughs) (laughs) I hope those are the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Stomping baby's breath? I think he means the flower. It's like at a wedding. Oh. Yeah. I I don't know. It's poetry. Who knows? Horror news.
1: So, in horrifying news, or exciting news, depending on which uh, knife you're on, <laughs> nearly half of U.S. murders are going unsolved. So, uh, murder-solve rates are at the lowest rate that they have been in half a century. Um, and as other interesting statistics have come out, and this is based on the CBS News report. So, the, if the victim is white, police are 30% more likely to solve than if the victim was Hispanic, and 50% more likely— if the victim was black. This Jesus. Is systemic racism.
0: Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Just yet another <clears throat> statistic to add to the pile for conservatives to, you know, dismiss. Jesus Christ. I'm not surprised, though. I mean, like you hear a lot because I, mean, I listen to true crime stuff. I watch a lot of true crime stuff. And there, I mean, people talk about all the time that police actively investigate crimes involving white people more often than they do involving minorities. Well, or even stick to them longer. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, and so.
1: Uh, case in point, Chicago. the the, the clearance rate there is twenty four percent. You are seventy six percent likely to get away with murder, especially if it's to a black person in
0: in, in Chicago, which is just insane. It's horrifying for real, though. Yeah. And I know that like crime rate has gone up so much since the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And mental health needs and and everything else. And now with dismantling
1: of gun laws and and all the civil, you know, uprest and and everything else, it's not helping. But what I don't understand is how the clearance rate is not so high. I could understand the rates of murder being higher. This is not about the rate of murder. This is about the clearance rate of actually finding who did something and making an arrest or making a, a kill or whatever, you know, closing these cases and, With the DNA and all the technology that we have now, you'd think that that would be so much higher. So, in this report, did they talk about... And surveillance now. We have surveillance everywhere. Cameras cameras everywhere. On most houses now, doorbell cams
0: and everything. Oh, on streets, you know? Streets, stores, businesses, parking lots, everything, you know? Did this report talk about any sort of, like, staffing issues involving police or something like that? I mean, are we experiencing a police shortage in this country? No, I mean, I wouldn't think so. More kids are getting... Killed by gunfire than police so far in 2022, remember? Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Even just here in North Texas, like the the murder rate in Dallas-Fort Worth has skyrocketed. Yeah. Like it's just bad. And I hear about this on the news all the time. And you're right. I never hear about murders getting solved. I just hear about them being committed. Yeah. So I don't know. That's truly, truly horrifying, though, and a terrible statistic and a good sense of horror in real life. Yep. But back into horror movie news, Apartment 7A is a film that is rumored to be a prequel to Rosemary's Baby. It's recently wrapped production and um it's about from what I gather, a a movie about the Castevets who lived in the same building with Guy and Rosemary.
1: And that's Apartment 7A, right is the apartment they were in. I don't know if it's a reference to it. I mean, it could be like an in joke or an Easter egg that people took too seriously, you know. But *Rosemary's Baby* is a is a classic, so you know. Hopefully, I don't know. Either way, it it could be good, especially since this is from Natalie Erica James,
0: Mm -hmm. the director of *Relic*, which I really really enjoyed, and I believe was on my top ten for that year. It was. It was on both of ours actually. Mm -hmm. So. Yes, I'm looking forward to this. I didn't even know she was making it, but I did read this article over on Bloody Disgusting when they posted it last week, and I was just like, I'm down for Rosemary's Baby prequel. I will totally watch that, especially if it's about mini Castavet in any sort of way. Oh, yeah. Love that character.
1: Well, actually, Horror News was pretty thin on the ground this month because everyone decided to release a trailer. In fact, we're having to, like, half our list of trailers and push them to the next month just so that we can make a manageable list to tell you now. So...
0: Coming soon. In my opinion, this is a really good group of trailers. Like, all the movies that we're about to talk about look really intriguing, Mm -hmm. good, and scary, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and so we're going to start in order of release, right? So first up, we've got
1: Blackbird, which is coming out on July 8th on Apple TV
0: that's right and this I think is a movie it, the trailer made it seem like a TV show at first but I feel like it's a movie and it has Taron Egerton and he is being sent to a prison because he's an inmate himself to sort of infiltrate a prisoner there who's suspected of killing 14 women although he was only convicted of killing one yeah and they want information and they want a confession so they're sending him in to befriend and sort of elicit that conversation from him yeah, it's
1: supposed to be based on a true story Hmm. Uh, and so he's taking you know he's like in this like kind of white collar pr- prison I guess and he's being put into this you know maximum psycho security you know yeah. prison and he has to like befriend this guy same actor that was actually like the incompetent uh you know catalyst guy who thought he was a super spy in Estonia Paul Walter Helder.
0: yeah <laughs> he's good he's such a good actor and he he looks especially good in this trailer his voice is affected in some way it seems like he is really like into this character and into the moment and it looks really, really good. It's from Dennis Lehane who did things like Mystic River, right? The novelist. Mm -hmm. And so I had not even heard about this movie until you put it on the docket and I was watching the trailer this morning and I was just like, God, now I have to sign back up for Apple TV again. I'm like, shit, it looks excellent. Plus Taron Hedgerton. It's fine. And he's, like, shirtless in the first moments of this trailer. And I was just like, oh, how do I re-sign up for Apple TV, like, right now?
1: <laughs> so next up, we've got Prey from Hulu coming out on August 5th. And from the, you know, title, I did not expect this to be a Predator uh, prequel or sequel. Oh, right? So obviously this would be a prequel, I would think. Yes. As far as time goes, it exactly. doesn't really matter because these are all kind of moments in time of any given Predator or whatever they're doing, you know what I mean? And so this is Prey and so I believe this is taking place in you know, pre-colonial America with Native Americans and there's a Predator that is sent to Earth and they have to kind of survive and it looks fucking outstanding. It really. does. It looks like the best
0: Predator in, in years and possibly the best Predator yet. I mean it's, the original Predator is an excellent movie in my opinion. I also like Predator too, but those AVP movies leave a bad taste in your mouth for sure. Oh, sure. And you know, I'm looking at uh Prey, the trailer, and well it
1: doesn't like super excite me and everything else, like, it looks like the quality is there. And it looks like it could be an amazing movie, but it could go either way. I want this to be like the dances of <laughs>
0: the wolves of, of Predator, you know. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, it, it looks it, like you said, it looks very well made. And um, it looks like a really good story because a lot of it is revolving around like You know, a a female Native American who wants to go out and hunt like the men in her tribe do. And she she feels like that she's just as capable. And so she takes it upon herself to sort of destroy this predator. There's a really awesome moment in this trailer where she's hiding from a bear. And it's like it's we're the best bear attack scene since fucking uh, Annihilation. Mm. And she thinks that she's just about to die. And she looks up and the bear is being dragged away and then hoisted into the air by one of the invisible predators. And I'm like, yes, I am so ready for this movie. (laughs) My one complaint about the trailer is that. It's all in English, right? It's, they're speaking English to each other. Yeah. But I read today that there's another version that's gonna all be done in some Native American language. So Which it, it really should be. Yeah, it's been dubbed or something like that. Oh and
1: see, I'd rather them I would rather them just speak the language.
0: I would too. I feel like it'd be a little bit more authentic and yeah. better. That's hard to do. Yeah.
1: That's really hard to do. Like in, in Dances with Wolves, for instance, they did that. But it was a dying language. It still is. Right. But like the the woman who actually was on the reservation that taught like uh, whatever the language is for the Lakota Mm -hmm. uh, was brought in and actually starred in um, Dances with Wolves. And after her death, you know, she made sure that everyone was speaking mostly accurate. You know, that's one of the best and the most special things about that movie is that you're actually hearing a dead language being spoken by one of the last peoples that know how to speak it and pronounce it, you know, and so they were, you know, all these other Native Americans are speaking all of their, you know, separate languages. And so she had to bring all this giant cast together to speak this one thing, you know, kind of phonetically. And, um, you know, that's what they'd have to do in this case is because so many of these are dead languages or close to dead, you know, that it's tough to, to get a whole cast to do that the entire movie through
0: yeah I mean I I don't know how this is gonna be I, I mean I'd like to watch both versions right just because I feel like making it in a more authentic sense would be better for this particular movie yeah I mean because it looks it looks great. But when people are speaking in this trailer, it's kind of off-putting. And I'm like, really take the time to make it more authentic. Also, the lead doesn't really super look Native American to me, but... I it, She may not be. I don't know. I mean, but I, I really do want to see this movie. I have been looking forward to it all year, and I'm glad that I already have Hulu. She so. kind of looks like an Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, she got that look about her. Mm. Next up on the list is a movie called The Invitation, and it's not the one that we've already covered here on the Film <laughs> Flamers. This one is coming to theaters on August the 26th, and it looks like if 23 and me joined a vampire
1: movie. What it seems like to me is yet another try-hard clone of Get Out, Get Out mixed yeah. with Ready or Not. Yep, it is all Straight those things. Up. Yes, straight up, right? And so it's just like a rich, you know, white family in this mansion that are getting everyone together for some familial ritual, you know, theoretically it's a wedding and, you know, this um, you know, African-American lady is invited because she's like a long-lost cousin of this white family somehow. Mm-hmm. And in this is, you know, she's a, she's American, I believe, and is going over there to England. Yes. And uh, wacky hijinks ensue, and it looks a little bit less comedic. Yeah. Well, well, maybe a lot less comedic than Ready or Not. Um, I don't know about Get Out aspects, but it seems that way. You know. Um, and I don't know what I feel about this. I'd like things to be original. Because that just it gave me that vibe. But maybe it will be. But all the clips, even the spoilery clips that they have at the end, seem very ready or not to me.
0: It does. I mean, it has a, a definite ready or not vibe. It has a definite get out vibe. I got that while I was watching the trailer as well. Um, however, I think it still looks good. You know what I mean? I think that they're they're changing some things up a little bit. There is there is definite like blood drinking and things like that. And... They don't really say vampire in this, but it kind of looks that way to me. It looked like that way to me first with her kind of sucking the blood off of her finger finger or whatever. After she's like cuts it with the cuticle. I don't fucking know. Oh, that was so off-putting when they were like giving her a manicure and it was like clipping the nails and scraping the cuticle. And I was just like, oh, no, I can't do this. Yeah, and then uh, and
1: then later it seems like it's maybe something else, something yeah. a little bit more satanic, or well, someone know. gets
0: a throat cut. So I
1: mean, there's something yeah, it looks like on. it was like ritual sacrifice, and maybe they do drink blood or something. But
0: mm, I mean, I'll still night. watch it. It looks it looks like a fun. There
1: ride. was a lot of daylight dialogue, so oh, if they're yeah. vampires, then it, maybe something else is going.
0: on. I didn't even think about that. Well, shit. Yeah. Either way, the invitation looks all right.
1: Yeah. Next up, we've got Barbarian in theaters August thirty first.
0: This fucking trailer looks scary as shit.
1: Yeah, it does. And uh, this is a Skarsgård. This yes. is Pennywise Skarsgård. Uh-huh. Not Alexander, but... Uh, Bill. Not Northman. Barbarian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it seems kind of like a movie that we watched recently at the Overlook Hotel, formerly called The Cow, now called something stupid. And uh, a, a woman shows up lost to, in the night or some shit. Or yeah. Gone in the night, the night, disappeared yeah. in the night. I don't know. It should have been just called the cow. Yeah. You know what I mean? But similarly to that movie, a woman shows up to a rental, you know, Airbnb and someone's already there. Yep. And he says, you know what? It's raining. We're in a bad neighborhood. Just stay the night. She goes to investigate after hearing strange noises and finds that things are going on in the basement. Yeah.
1: And it looks like, the trailer's trying to tell us that he is a victim as well. Right. But we'll see. Having Mm -hmm. watched The Cow recently (laughs) or, you know, Gone in the Night with One a (laughs) Rider, I am a little sus. Me too. About what twists might unfold. So I don't know. It doesn't look uh, super interesting to me. Uh, We'll have to see. It looks a little, uh, The Rental meets The Black Phone, Um, both of which are very good movies. Yeah. So maybe this will be great.
0: I I mean, there were some parts in this trailer that truly scared me. I was just like, Ooh, you know, it's like, it's, it's a little the rental, it's a little the black phone, it's a little the cow, it's a little silence of the lambs, it's a little bit of everything, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: it just seems like everything's kind of derivative these days. It's like we're getting back into a slump of less original stuff. Yeah, that came out like with, you know, the witch and it follows and things like that and hereditary. And now we're getting back into a slump of everyone trying to remake scream, you know, or remake get out or remake the the things that have come out. And, you know, I want more cosmic horror. I want more things like what did we just watch um, the empty man, you know, um, things like that, that could like elevate that subgenre instead of just going to these same ones over and over again. Prey is kind of an accept- exception, yeah. which is very, very unique. And I can't wait to see that.
0: That's my my highest so far of all of these. Speaking of, completely unoriginal, we have a movie coming out in theaters on September the thirtieth called Smile. Right, and this actually kind of reminds me of a small independent film made by like a YouTubers
1: uh, like ten years ago called Smiley. Okay. Yeah, and it was just – either it was a mask or he actually had a head. It was just a big smile with cuts cuts for eyes and cuts for a smile. I remember that. Uh, But this is more like The Ring.
0: Yeah, so there's a woman who is uh, some sort of, like, psychologist and – Um, She has a patient who ends up killing themselves, but she talks about like seeing smiles or being forced to smile. And so after that patient dies, all she sees is people smiling at her menacingly um, and sort of like following her. It seems like she has, you know, three days to live and there's smiles everywhere. It's like it follows with a creepy smile with a dash of fallen.
1: Yes. Yeah, because it it, just way. like passing strangers that could be inhabited by any given demon or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're just smiling at you or singing that special song. Time
0: is on my side
1: yes it is <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah go back and listen to our deep dive of that um but this looks interesting i mean it was scary there's like
0: a scene at the end i forget what it is that oh, oh just we can't spoil it minutes. though yeah but the very last moment in this trailer made me fucking jump and i was just yeah. like the fuck and it was daylight outside <laughs> when i was watching it but it does look creepy i mean like those people smiling is off-putting just like people smiling at you in real life I prefer a resting bitch face. Yeah. But. And
1: nothing beats a competently made mainstream horror movie. Yes. Really, I mean, if you get down to it, if it's competently made um, the black phone is a perfect example. I was gonna There's say, nothing special about that phone. movie, but it was so competently made and told. That it was just a it's, you know a solid and could be a you know an upcoming classic depending on on you know how it's received after release.
0: I would say that so far, I mean, because we're talking about movies so far, and then our last trailer is going to be a TV series. But the movies that we've talked about in these trailers, they seem good, right? Some seem really good, but there's nothing in that list that I would say, no, I'm not watching that or it looks terrible, you know. And so I, I feel like that's really good yeah. for upcoming horror.
1: Right on. The only thing I think of these that I might miss would be Blackbird because it's the most horror adjacent of them mm-hmm. and i i don't know about caring how much i care about like prison procedurals now i do love like the profiling stuff like i loved david ventures series Mind hunter, about, yeah. Mind hunter you know and that's this seems kind of in that vein you know so i might and of course i love Taryn edgerton but
0: i don't know that's of all the things especially on apple tv like i might miss it i feel like that that might be, like, pretty high up on my list, like Prey, just because it's something that's in my wheelhouse, yeah. you know? So. If, it,
1: if it gets really good reviews, then I'll make a point to see it. Last but not least, we have The Midnight Club, which, oh. of course, is close to my heart because it's based off of the stories or the anthology book by um, uh, Christopher Pike, which is kind of formed by, you know, these dying Kids that are in this hospice, you know, with with uh, terminal cancer and things like that. And they meet at midnight, you know, whoever happened to survive that week, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) meets at midnight and tells these stories you know kind of like are you afraid of the dark but way more adult and so what i'm thinking they're going to be doing this series and we've talked about this probably at least twice on you know with news is um bringing in some other christopher pike stories and books uh to do as you know one shot episodes which i'm excited to see i am not impressed by this trailer no it seems very ya yes and of course the book was ya but very adult's things happen in those stories so it'll be interesting to see how they do this now of course one of our favorite people is producing this that's right flanagan yeah flanagan so we'll see what happens so you know basically everything he touches tends to turn to to some
0: form of gold or precious mineral so (laughs) i mean it's it's the next thing in the pipeline, right which we've already said the pipeline and uh it's flanagan so it's got those two things going for it I like a good like serial type anthology show. I know nothing about these books. I've never read them. So I'm going in blind, which makes me happy. And it has Heather Heather Langenkamp in it. Mm -hmm. So horror royalty. I'm I'm down for this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch. We should probably watch this together, actually. Love to. Okay. Well, guys,
1: I think that about wraps up this month's Shooting the Flames.
0: As always, we want your comments and your questions, so find us on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at TiredQueens at FilmFlamers.com
1: or call our hotline at 972-666-7733. I want to be your prey. Come prey on me. Sit on my face, barbarian.
0: (laughs) Wait. You might have listened to that Lords of Acid song
1: a little too many times
0: yesterday. (laughs) Maybe. You don't need an invitation to sit on my face. (laughs) smile (laughs) guys we really enjoyed having two reviews to read this month so please if you love our show head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts leave us a five star review and why you like it and we will read that on the next shooting the flames that's
1: right and we are getting closer and closer to that 100 review mark at which time we will be considered with the rest of our statistics and demographics and blah 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 Eligible for Rotten Tomato reviewing score. So, if you want your voice and ours to be added to that score on Rotten Tomatoes, give us those reviews,
0: please. Because you know, we talk about Rotten Tomatoes in almost well e- in every single deep dive. We need our voice to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it allows other people to find us. And speaking of finding us, if you've really found us, become our patron. You can do that over on patreon.com slash thefilmflamers. Join the growing family. We got lots of bonus content, more bonus content coming out for you next month because we're doing more Verhoeven. Yes. Get uh, episodes dozens of hours before.
1: (laughs) 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 Sometimes they come out weeks in advance, but um, recently, just because of schedules, they've been coming out more like, you know, a day in advance. But
0: hey, it's still in advance. That's right. You get it before everybody else. And no one but you can listen to them. That's true. And there's going to be a poll this month on Patreon because we are talking about Verhoeven, like we said on the main feed. We're going to be talking about RoboCop and Starship Troopers. Message movies abound, so stay tuned for that. Well, Robert, I need to do my part and go crush some bugs. (laughs) I don't know any quotes from RoboCop. That was from Starship Trippers. I story. know, but I was trying to add the other movie in too and give it like equal things. Stop, creep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I- <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. There you go. There we go. All right. Let's go off and crush those bugs and have some S- sweet you- dreams about Casper Van Dien.
1: Do you want to know more? <laughs>